This is the Edify Podcast for the Servant. I believe in the Holy Spirit, therefore I plan my preaching in advance. That may sound foreign to some people. I know there are some preachers who inadvertently, probably not meaning to, but they may um, they may just not, not be well aware or be ignorant. Um, and I don't want to use that term ignorant in a bad way, but they dishonor the Holy Spirit by thinking and acting as if his work is somehow quenched if he is not free to work uh, spontaneously. Um, they treat the Holy Spirit like a um, gracious uh, or a harried housewife who's overwhelmed by a lazy husband or overactive kids or dirty dishes or, uh, or, or clothes or, you know, whatever, who gets everything done just in the nick of time, that the Holy Spirit has to do something just at the last moment. That's, that's foolish thinking. The Holy Spirit uh, leads just as effectively a year in advance as he can in days uh, advance. I've preached sermons where I planned them to go on, um, I usually go in November. I usually go away in November. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast, I talk about that. I go away, I take a sabbatical, I, I go away for a week at least, uh, flush my mind of the year, I think about a new theme for the year, I think about my sermons, and I plan them, you know, roughly eight, nine, ten months, uh, even a year sometimes in advance. And I've had I've had situations that are that were um, that shown themselves that had arisen, um, and that sermon was needful for that day in that hour in that time that I planned five, seven, ten, twelve months ago. Uh, so the Holy Spirit does His work. Providence is a beautiful thing. I've had people walk up to me who who say I needed that today, and this is this is why um, I didn't plan that. I didn't plan that, and and none of us can. And we say, oh, well, that's just coincidence. Okay, well, then you don't believe in the providence of God then. What an encouragement for a developing um, a sermon calendar that, that the Holy Spirit can use your work that you do uh, seeds that you plant, just like a farmer goes out in the field and plants a seed, he doesn't. He's not going to yield his fruit and his crops uh, at that moment or three days later. He's going to yield it, um, you know, exactly, exactly when he finds the right time for it, the seasons, uh, the right seasons. The psalmist said in Psalm one that the Holy Spirit um, records that uh, that God will bring forth the fruit of this individual, this holy righteous tree. Uh, in its season, and some of that fruit is, as a preacher, you know as well as I do, stuff that comes up, um, what we think, oh, that happened spontaneously, or, or maybe you think, well, that happened by coincidence. No, no, God is this, God is sovereign, and God is even sovereign over coincidences. So God knows exactly what's going to happen, and he knows exactly when to feed and water his people, when exactly they need it. God knows if there's going to be some sort of tragedy uh, in eight months from now that needs to be addressed. God knows where there will be a death that will rock the congregation. God knows if a crisis will arise in the church that will need attention. God knows uh, what the individuals and families are going through in your congregation in 16 weeks from now. God knows what you do not know. The fact that God knows our story from beginning to end means that we need not to to specialize in, quote, Saturday night specials. You've heard it before on here. I trust you feel the same way. It is a dishonor, and you're robbing the church if you're all about Saturday night specials. Uh, I'm not talking about somebody who has no choice, has no option. 
Uh, I, I've labored over sermons all week long. I've had things planned, uh, but not felt good and felt right about it. I've even rewritten a sermon, something totally different, on a Sunday morning an hour before I stood up to preach. Okay, I'm, I'm not talking about that, but folks who just find something on the Internet and cook it up on Saturday night, we can uh, and should plan our preaching with confidence uh, that God is at work in and through and beyond this process to ensure our congregations uh, are shaped by his word and the testimony of Jesus Christ. And, and there are several reasons why you and I should be planning our preaching. Number one, let's, let's hub it around this thought, devoting time to sermon preparation. Uh, you and I are cleansed sinners who need who constantly need to watch our life with the doctrine, 1 Timothy 4.16. Uh, as a husband, as a father, um, if you're an elder of the church, you 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 qualify for these situations. Some of us are preachers who don't have we're, we're not married. Some of us are married without children. Um, you 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 are if you're an elder listening to this, you're a pastor. You're feeding God's people. Um, uh, outside preaching responsibilities, if there's an elder listening to this and you both labor in word and in deed, you're worthy of double honor, and we thank you for when we pray for you. We we, uh, we wish you very well, um, that God would uphold you in all those seasons. You and I are human beings. Despite where our role is in the church, who need sleep, we need food, we need exercise, recreation, we need fellowship. Um, you and I can't can't afford to wait until Thursday afternoon to determine what, what we're actually going to preach in, in three days on Sunday morning. Um, I, I need to be able to redeem the time in my sermon preparation. We talked about last week that that we need to not allow the brethren to steal our study time, or we need to practice willful neglect. So this 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 sermon preparation is huge. Not only study time, but sermon preparation, and this can only happen when I replace the time that I would be spending each week thinking about what to preach uh, with the time thinking about the text in the sermon. Uh, when you plan ahead, you can collect resources without pressure, last-minute preparation, that sort of stuff. There's no stress involved because you know what you're going to be preaching. You can you can scan your library for illustrations, uh, for any kind of material in advance. You, you can have a mental trigger that uh, that notes things that you may read in a blog or a newspaper. You save it. You 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 uh, you coin it. You you print it out. You put it here. You put it there. Uh, things that you're reading. Things that you you give your subconscious time to to marinate in the text, and depending, you know, depending on what you're studying, let it let it deepen your thought, um, sharpening your creativity. You you can also have it an advantage when when facing the busyness of life and the interruptions of ministry. Uh, ha- having a sermon plan acts as a magnet to draw material together for your preaching. So devoting your time to sermon preparation is huge. When we're talking about developing a sermon calendar. Um, Let's talk about shepherding the church for a moment for the elders. Um, you're you have if you're not a preacher per se, pulpit minister, uh, full time per se, you're an elder. You're a shepherd of the church. Um, you as an individual, your preaching is the most effective way that you can impact your congregation. Um, publicly speaking, um, when you're publicly in front of the church, there's nothing there's nothing worse than an elder who is not willing to. Uh, get out there, uh, be out front, uh, publicly address things, and talk talk to one another, and talk to the talk to the church as a whole. Um, if you're a preacher, if you're a preacher, and you happen to serve as an elder, uh, you're a true biblical a pastor. Um, Sunday morning is when you can touch the most people at one time. You you must be a good steward of your opportunities, and and this is um, 
I mean, realistically, this happens by how you plan, not just how you preach, not just how you study. Uh, you can easily end up at the at the rear of the parade if you wait until the end of the week to choose your text for Sunday. Uh, your preaching is going to become um, too reactionary. Um, so by planning your preaching in advance, you can strategically lead the church forward in thinking and living biblically. Uh, in, in his farewell address to the Ephesian elders, uh, Paul declared, Therefore I test to you, I testify to you, this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Acts twenty twenty six through 27. So this is how I want to end my ministry, and so should you. So, But this cannot happen if you're only riding your theological hobby horses from week to week. Your congregation needs a balanced diet of God's Word to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, Second Peter three eighteen. They need to hear law. They need to hear grace. They need to hear gospel. They need to be taught Christian doctrine, Christian living. They need to be exposed to the various forms of literature in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. Planning your preaching is going to help you guard against what what we call vain repetition. Uh, vain repetition is not just for those who are praying and saying, Lord, we thank you for this day. Forgive us of our many sins. In Jesus' name, amen. That's Vain repetition is that, but it's also in your preaching. If you preach from your overflow or something that you've been studying a lot, um, in your preaching and, and, and in your teaching, You've got to establish a strategy for declaring the whole counsel of God. Take topics, take themes, take scriptures, take issues, uh, consult with your elders, your shepherds, and you've got to maintain doctrinal balance. You have to. You can't be too much this way or too much that way. It's a craft, but it's a craft that must be used and must be molded uh, as the church has need. So let's talk about planning this corporate worship aspect where we all come together and you're developing your sermons. Um, when when you think about being a worship leader uh, in the Word of God, uh, we we have six or seven uh, song leaders that rotate on a regular basis here at Piedmont Road, uh, and then we'll have a special Sunday night where the fellows who who don't usually lead publicly or they're learning to lead publicly will get up, and there might be eight or ten of those, uh, and then we have a special training night for our our young ones uh, every Wednesday night. Our young little boys. Uh, get up with a small little little podium, and they get up and they read scripture. They say a prayer. They lead us in a song, and so that that's a training thing that that our elders have seen fit to do here at Piedmont Road. And everybody at the church knows, hey, these aren't non Christians leading us in worship. This is a time for them to train. Bible study is not a period of corporate worship. This is a period for them to train and to study and to know and and to learn how to deliver. But when we're talking about corporate worship, it. it the, the pulpit ministry, hearing the Word of God, is, is, is the highest form of that worship, of that expository hearing from God. It, it feeds the other elements of worship. And you've got to be careful. Your song leader can kill this part of worship. Your song leader can drag the brethren through the Garden of Gethsemane, and they feel like they're alone just like Jesus. And, you know, they're, they're weeping just like Jesus did. And they're, they're just being drugged through the mud. Um please discuss with your elders the importance of the song leader being able to bring the brethren up uh, and encourage the brethren. Our worship will go higher only as we deepen our understanding, not of singing, but of God's Word. Everything that happens in worship should be viewed as an extension of the teaching ministry of the church. You see, from the preaching, from the teaching, stem the rest of the acts of worship. Planning your preaching gives you, as a preacher, 
a practical tool uh, to to maybe oversee the corporate worship and to plan more meaningful times together in worship. You should go to your song leaders. You should go to those who read your scripture. You should go to the that lead the prayers and say, this is the thematic preaching for the day. This is what I want our brethren to leave with. And your worship services, not everybody does this. Some folks just get up there willy-nilly. But if, you're, if your sermons are planned in advance, then your song leaders know, hey, this is the thought that's trying to be conveyed today. Your, those who are leading prayers, Lord, as we learn about this in your word today, help us to meditate, help us to know, help us to see clearly. These are prayers that, and, and songs, and and even in the Lord's Supper, even the Lord's Supper is the, the I guess, the reason that we all come together on the first day of the week. It's what's been commanded to do every first day of every single week, and so in that we see that. Um but it's crucial for us to understand from the Word of God, we learn about the Lord's Supper. And so there's nothing wrong with, with hubbing and, and giving your people uh, one taste as they leave the building from every aspect of the worship. When your preaching has been planned, you can assign the appropriate scripture. You can assign um, the the songs that are there. Uh, this isn't to say that you are the monopoly and you monopolize everything because your song leader may want to convey something, and that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, you need to trust in the providence of God that there are some songs that are going to be led uh, that are going to prick the hearts of the people more so than the preaching of your word, that the preaching of the word uh, transpired and pricked their heart in the song that they sung that was biblical, that, that was based on Scripture. So, so that's okay, too. You can cross themes, preaching on the grace of God, singing about the holiness of God. Uh, generally, your people should know what to regularly expect from the worship service. But every now and then, you should knock their socks off <laughs> with something special. Uh, developing a sermon plan can be a great catalyst to accomplish this. So let's let's get practical. Jake, tell me, tell me about developing a sermon calendar. There's different ways to develop a sermon calendar. Some, some preachers plan for the month, uh, ensuring that, that for the next several weeks, they're going to be ahead of the game. Others plan the quarter. Um, and those, those are good places to start, but I want to, I want to recommend, I want to challenge you, uh, to establish a preaching calendar for the whole year. I had a conversation with Paul Sperlin last night, our connections minister. We we're talking about the themes for next year. And, um, we, we've been doing quarterly emphasis this past year and it's been great. Each quarter we bring in somebody else to, to speak and to, uh, have a workshop on different different aspects of our overall theme of John 10:10, 10, 10, living the abundant life for the year. So even though I planned the whole theme for the year, um, Paul and I and the elders discussed what, what how can we break this down? Well, we, we want to find out what it's like to live the abundant life in our relationships with one another, and we want to talk about quarter number two, uh, our relationships with the community. What does it mean to live the abundant life in the community of the world in which I'm in? Uh, and then the third. As we educate and learn and sound doctrine, uh, what does it mean to have the abundant life in being educated by God's by God's word? And then the fourth, what's the abundant life look like in my worship? And so those four those four emphasis have have transpired this year. Uh, at the end of this month, it's going to be uh, Dale Jenkins is coming and speaking and doing a workshop that Saturday and Sunday, and that replaced our gospel meetings. And this church here, Piedmont Road, has found that to be so great, so encouraging, so so much more uh, useful. They can plan out their year 
they they know that this is the taste that we're getting for this quarter. This is our impact this quarter. And so for a whole quarter, they're learning about the abundant life in these four ways. That, that can be so crucial. That can be huge for a church. That's a direction. God's people need to know where, where are we going. This is not happenstance. This is not just by chance. This is not whatever uh, the preacher had some acid reflux and he was up all night and he, and he wrote this sermon. No. <laughs> plan your preaching. Plan your themes. You can establish tools and goals, service opportunities to, to coincide with the preaching for the year. You can even organize Bible study groups around the Sunday morning preaching. And that might seem like a daunting task, but it's not as hard as it sounds. You can start now, plan for the next 12 months, uh, pick a time, begin planning for the next calendar year. If your schedule permits, go away, go away for several days, uh, plan your preaching. Um, just had a little bit of an epiphany. How about, how about what if, what if we had, uh, and for those that are listening to this, feel free to respond uh, through the Facebook page messenger or um, me personally, Jay, if you got my number, um, email is jakeatlifeinchrist.com. Would it be beneficial for you to have a planning session, a retreat, uh, an edify retreat where we go away and we learn how to practically do this together? We talk about things, we pray about things, um, and preachers and elders come together um once a year and discuss these things and benefits and what did y'all do last year? What did we do last year? What, what do we think about doing this year? What are we doing in a lot of COVID? What are we doing in a lot of this? What are we doing in a lot of that? Um, you know, if that's something that you would think you'd be interested in, let me know. Uh, would love to, would love to get together and, um, and have that if that's beneficial for you guys. Um, but this isn't as hard as, as you may think you can start now and plan for the next 12 months, pick a time, and begin, um, you know, schedule specific times during your regular routine when you're going to focus on this. Um, I want to give you some practical suggestions uh, for planning your preaching uh, for the year. Number one, start with prayer. Preaching the Word of God to the people of God is a very sacred and serious task. You do not want to decide what to preach in a cavalier, happenstance manner which is why you should consider developing a sermon plan in the first place. Approach this process with, with a conscious sense of dependence upon God to lead you and to guide you. Lord, help me in this. I need you. Left alone, I'm destitute. I've got to have you. I need you to bless um, me and endow me with wisdom. Um, and he does that through... Uh, number one, you're pleading and you're asking him, and he gives to you. He gives liberally to all who ask. Uh, he gives freely to all who ask, especially in regards to wisdom. So pray about potential books of the Bible, themes, uh, series. Uh, what truths would the Lord have you teach to his people in this coming year? Pray pray for and about, about the congregation where you labor. Uh, pray about the spiritual condition of the church. Pray about their needs individually, corporately. Pray about the future. What What is your vision uh, for the church? Pray for yourself, the, the things that you, you've been studying personally uh, or maybe devotionally. Um, that, that, might become, that might become a staple for your pulpit work. Is there something that you need to learn? Uh, I have found the best way for me to learn a subject is to preach it. It forces me to study it diligently. So number one, begin with prayer. Number two, talk to your, your team, your staff, your leadership, uh, whatever that may be, um, 
you're not the only person of influence that the Lord has placed in the body um, life of the church. There, there's many associates. There's many people who are co-laborers. There's church. There's church officers. Um, you know, the the office of a bishop, the office of elder, uh, shepherd, overseer. Uh, there's there's several ministry leaders, song leaders, um, who have helpful recommendations for your preaching in the year to come. Um, or, or there may, there may be you know non-official leaders. They they were an elder at one time, but now they're just now they're just the old brethren. You know. Um, whose opinions that you value. I know elderships that still lean upon people who are wise, who no longer serve as elders. Maybe their wife died, or uh, maybe they, they just stepped out of it for health reasons, or they stepped out of it because they got older and they fell out of place. Uh, whatever it may be, there can still be those people that you love and lean on. Um, and there even, there even may be new or young members that you can talk to. Uh, there's wisdom in having a multitude of calendars. Uh, ca- ca- calendars? No, there's not. Uh, of counselors, take advantage of the perspectives of godly people that you trust uh, in planning your preaching. And then next, number three, go through the calendar. Print a blank monthly calendar uh, for the coming twelve months. Mark the holidays if they're not on there, on the Sundays or Sundays that's related to maybe. Uh, special workshops or campaigns, things that you're doing. Uh, take notes of, uh, of the special days in the life of the church. Uh, if you have a, quote, a homecoming or a family and friends day or an evangelism weekend or, or whatever, um, there, or there may be, you know, you want to focus on prayer these these weeks, um, or maybe there's an emphasis on prayer this particular month. Uh, use two Sundays to preach on prayer. Uh, you want to talk about stewardship in October. Uh, you want to do, you know, financial stewardship, not just not just uh, stewardship in general, but financial stewardship, uh, or time stewardship, or body stewardship. You know, put put down the 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 Sundays that you do not intend to preach. Um, it, it it is probably best uh, that a preacher, based upon study, things I've seen. Um, is in the pulpit about 45 Sundays of the year. Uh, but but that hard number is is not most important. There's there's 52, so being out around 7 weeks um it seems to be seems to be um conducive. It allows the brethren to hear other folks. It allows you to have a respite. It allows you to have time which is needful. Um you know, what what matters is that you plan when you will not preach. Um the the bow that is always bent will soon break, so you need to you need to practically practice the willful neglect. <laughs> you need to practically um, write out when you're not going to be preaching uh, seminars. How many times you want people there? Uh, like the summer, I think I've only been to Piedmont Road um, twice this entire summer. Maybe, may, yeah, maybe twice this entire summer on Wednesday nights because of summer series speaking. Um, which has been good for the church. They've gotten lessons and different perspectives and different people and different avenues and different different you know wordage and different styles. That's been good for them to see. And what that does is that gives me a rest that allows me to go to other churches and and influence people in ways that their regular preacher isn't able. And that's just the, that's just the normal truth. You and I bring different things to the table, and we all influence people differently. And um, there's people that you're able to reach that I'm not, and there's people that I'm able to reach that you're not. 
Uh, I can say things in ways that you didn't. You can say things in ways that I didn't. So sw- swapping pulpits is not not something to be terrified of, not something to be fearful of, not to think, oh, job security just went down because this preacher came in and he preached a humdinger. No, don't don't trust in man for your salvation. Don't trust in man for your job. Uh, don't even trust in your eldership. Uh, that's that's not. Um, you know, hey, they cut my check. Well, God, God is providentially sovereign over your life, uh, so just trust and rest in that. Um, so, you know, plan, go through the calendar, um, take a break, recharge your batteries, let everybody know what the plans are for the year. You know, um, your your biggest part of sermon planning is maybe choosing the series that you're going to preach. Dan Winkler hardly preaches any series at all. He thought that they were not beneficial. Others hinge upon series. Um, I want to, um, I want to preach through books of the Bible. Um, I'm in a group text with several preachers and and they're talking about preaching through first John or preaching through John. Last year I preached through Matthew preaching through books is beneficial. And, And we've talked about that before, but, um, but but a con- consecutive exposition through particular books of the Bible is going to aid you in your sermon planning. It's going to give you your topics. It's going to give you a series. You're going to say, "Hey, I want to preach four sermons on this particular topic. Uh, I want I want to talk about heaven. What are the what are the uh, mainstream views of what happens when the soul dies? Uh, do they go straight to heaven? Uh, do they sleep in the grave?" Um, they're not dead, but they're asleep in Jesus. Uh, or do we go to paradise? Or um, what what transpires? What takes place when we die? Or what happens? What happens when a person's converted? All those kind of things can can be easily fleshed out in a book that you're preaching because the book already directs your paths of sermons. It already gives you your sermon topics. But also be flexible in this process. Um, the preaching plans are made for the preacher, uh, not preachers uh, for the preaching plan. Uh, don't be a slave to the preaching calendar. You might need to call an audible. If a natural disaster, tragedy takes place, that's got to be addressed. Address it. Um, your people need to hear a direction from God in a season that's um, that's 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 up in the air, that's toxy-turvy. Uh, or if you want to study your preaching calendar, stay to it. But deliver something uh, special. Uh, record a video. In, send it out. Do a Facebook Live. Uh, do a personal study on YouTube, whatever it is, but but address the issues that come up. Um, there there needs to be a Christian perspective. So, um, once you complete your sermon calendar, your work is not done. <laughs> Review it continuously. Ask the Lord, Lord, edit this however you'd like. <laughs> edit out, edit in, uh, whatever you think is necessary. The fact that plans may need to change is not a reason not to plan at all. Trust God in your planning. Uh, to strengthen your preaching, nurture the church, feed the church, uh, honor the scripture. Uh, and remember, the one who fails to plan, plans to fail. So um, may God bless you in your preaching and teaching of his word. Pray for your elders. Um, and if you don't have elders, pray that God would raise them up through your preaching. Um, and teach and exhort uh, and rebuke. Uh, and don't let anybody despise you. Be a herald of God's word. Love God's word. Um patiently endure evil, Uh, don't be quarrelsome, uh, and plan your preaching.